Welcome to another episode of Exhale, a podcast series where we explore topics on spirometry and respiratory care. Your hosts are Mark Russell, Marketing Communications Manager and Jancelyn Neer, National Sales Manager and Respiratory Therapist for Vitalgrip US, a global leader in respiratory diagnostics. Today, we interviewed Luke Marshall, founder and CEO of VitalFlow, a remote monitoring for lung health. This predictive and preventive respiratory health company helps patients and doctors measure and track chronic respiratory health conditions over time with a flexible, easy-to-use solution for both in-person and virtual care. Well, Luke, welcome to our podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I'm Luke Marshall. I'm founder and CEO of VitalFlow, and we are a predictive medicine company for chronic respiratory disease. We are starting that journey with enabling both in-clinic and uh, remote monitoring for folks with respiratory disease and looking at how to gather more, better, and more longitudinal spirometry for these patients and using that to, uh, to look at how to transition this whole field into more preventative care for those patients. As far as my background, uh, I've got a a technical degree kind of in a different field, material science, but have been passionate about moving technology from the bench into the real world as products uh, kind of since I was in grad school. And that's part of the genesis of the Vital Flow story as well. Started as a research project at, at UNC School of Medicine and NC State University. And we packaged up some of that technology and helped commercialize it to turn it into the company that it is today. Wonderful. How does VitalFlow's approach to pulmonary function testing differ from what folks might be used to? I actually was just listening to uh, the Race to Value podcast, another another great podcast, and Dr. Malin Han, uh, who I think is also kind of a friend of this show, uh, yep, had, had a great uh, had a great summary of something that we resonate with quite a bit, which is perfect is the enemy of the good in assessing lung health screening results, and. What she was talking about that uh, about is, you know, we have a, a sort of chronic underdiagnosis of some of these conditions, especially in the U.S., but just kind of in general. About a half of COPD patients have not ever been given that diagnosis. Only about a third of COPD patients have actually had a spirometry test. And I think it's because we've made, uh, you know, all with good intentions, the clinical standards so high uh, that you have to get perfect results in order to move forward at all. And what I've really enjoyed seeing is the progress of the industry towards more testing and then the use of technology, importantly, to help clean up that data because our doctors are completely overloaded with too much data as it is. So just handing them a whole bunch of messy data is not the solution. But if you have a kind of an intermediary and data solution like uh, VitalFlow that can take those additional tests, facilitate those additional tests, and then clean it up a bit, then we can get spirometry into the hands of the right patients, into the right doctors. You know, most of respiratory care is done by primary care physicians and pediatricians. You know, spirometry can be a tough exam to do for a non-specialist. So how do we make the tools intuitive and easy enough to use for that cohort of doctors so that we can serve all of our patients together much better? I understand that VitalFlow has been working with another friend of the show, Carl Motrin. What have you been uh, up to and working with him? Yeah, Carl actually recently joined our uh, clinical advisory board and, you know, obviously very distinguished in the field of pulmonary function testing and uh, wrote the book, at least the last three editions of, uh, you know, the Bible on how to do spirometry. And uh, we've been working together both in terms of 
looping him into different primary care facing conferences and speaking events to get that training into uh, you know more physicians' hands and more caregivers' hands, as well as developing a digital training course with him so that Vital Flow customers and others have a resource that can make folks more comfortable with doing spirometry and as part of their practice. You know, for a lot of primary care docs and, and pediatricians, they may not have facilitated a spirometry test or pulmonary function test since they were in med school or since they were in residency because a lot of that's done by the specialists. So packaging it up by you know the best in the business at uh, facilitating good clinical standards, packaging up Carl's wisdom on how to do these tests, but doing it in a way that's accessible for primary care folks is uh, what we've been building together. It's been a lot of fun. Wonderful. You've been involved with telehealth for quite some time, specifically RPM, remote patient monitoring. How have things changed in the last few years and how you see them changing in the future? Does RPM have a life beyond the pandemic? Yeah, I think that's a great question and one that's being asked kind of throughout the industry right now. You know, the last time that we were all in person was up at the American Telehealth Association Conference. And at least listening in on some of the, the sessions up there, I think the consensus that's developing in the industry is that RPM and telehealth are going to be a huge part of the future of how we deliver medicine. But it's going to be mixed with traditional in-person medicine as well. So the kind of the word of the conference that I hadn't heard before going to the conference was hybrid care. And how do you facilitate transitioning patients from an at-home setting, a remote setting, and seamlessly getting them back into uh, the clinic and having a smooth handoff of patient care in that transition, as well as a smooth handoff of patient records and data uh, and cleaning that up so that doctors can make efficient good quality medical decisions on behalf of their patients and in partnership with their patients, how do you manage that handoff? So I think for the folks that are uh, remote monitoring maximalists where everything is going remote, I'm not sure that's quite right. You know, just like sort of the future of work seems like it's settling into some companies are doing back in person and some are doing uh, remote, but a lot are doing hybrid and having a little bit more flexible work environments. I think that's what we're going to see in the healthcare industry as well, where we need to be flexible, delivering care where it's the most efficient for both the patient and the doctor, but making sure that we're being very thoughtful about that handoff of care and about the workflows involved with moving a, a patient from a remote setting back into the clinic and vice versa. Well, with your experience, what has patient feedback been with portable spirometry testing? Do they see a benefit right away or do the doctor still have to explain it to them? I think it's a combination of seeing the benefit very quickly, but it's always beneficial to have the doctor in the mix. I mean, that's the most trusted intermediary and a person that could be recommending these tests. But as a patient starts to do spirometry in the home or just in general, we've had anecdotal examples as well as you know larger examples in the data, but anecdotal examples of you know patients who may have been long-term smokers and then they start doing spirometry and they can kind of self-assess and see, hey, actually on the days that I didn't have that cigarette, my PFT looks better. And so you start to get this immediate feedback of are the things I'm doing impacting my respiratory health? And I think giving those tools to the patient kind of where they are can show a lot of benefit very quickly. And the other thing that we've seen is, you know, historically patients can be so used to their chronic conditions that uh, when they're kind of self-reflecting or self-assessing how they're feeling, uh, if you were to ask them how they're feeling or how respiratory health is today, they might say, oh, I feel fine. 
Uh, and it's just because fine is code for I'm at my normal baseline, even if their normal baseline might not be the best of health. And what we've seen is folks that on a symptom survey that we've developed answer effectively, I feel fine or I have very few symptoms. If they do a spirometry test right after that, you can actually see a discrepancy between the feeling of I feel fine versus, oh, I'm actually in the yellow zone or the red zone for my pulmonary function test. And we've seen doctors and caregivers, basically all the providers, when they see this discrepancy between self-reported symptoms and the actual spirometry test, it's a great education opportunity for like, hey, wait a minute, actually, right now, how you're feeling, you can see on the spirometry that you're actually not fine. So let's reassess that baseline that you become accustomed to. And we can take steps so that you're actually feeling great. And now great is the baseline. And we can make you feel better for fewer days with symptoms, more symptom-free days, and more days where you can go about your life without having any major impact from, from this respiratory disease. Right, great is the mission. Vitalflow and Vitalograph recently announced an exciting new collaboration. How do you think the companies align and further each other's values? What has been your impression so far of us at Vitalograph? Well, it's just been a pleasure to work with y'all. And I think the defining characteristic of our partnership has been a focus on both patients and patient outcomes, as well as clinical quality and quality data. There's a kind of a standard of care that, you know, Vitalograph, I think is, I think y'all are like a 60 year old company. So very much deep in the industry and very kind of storied in, in the work that you guys have done, both in the clinic, as well as in clinical research and a focus on producing high quality data. And that can be a tricky thing to do, especially in a, you know, in a world that's moving towards mobile faster and all the things we talked about, about getting more data and not making perfect the enemy of the good, but you still need to have, you know, some standards and you still need to be able to benchmark the data because any algorithm that I develop with my team that is focused on, you know, taking that data and using it to move patients into a more preventative care setting, if it's not based on good inputs, then any output that we develop is not going to be high quality. So I think that commitment to quality and commitment to patients has just been great to be so aligned with y'all on. And it's just been, uh, it's been a fun partnership that's been blossoming over the past few months. Great. So, hey, what are some of the few misconceptions you see about patient monitoring? And are there any uh, new regulations in telehealth that you could share with us? One thing with patient monitoring that has been very interesting to uh, to watch is the way that the different reimbursement codes are being developed uh, around these. And, you know, there, we now have roughly five-year-old remote physiologic monitoring codes that were primarily developed for simpler tools. Uh, so things like a connected weight scale, things like a connected blood pressure cuff, basically tools that are relatively, you know, lightweight from a, not from a you know, physical sense, but from a, uh, what is the commitment from the patient perspective? Because you can step on a weight scale, you can do a, you know, a blood pressure cuff and get through that, uh, that test relatively easy. And spirometry takes a little bit more effort and a little bit more focused effort. And the data is so rich that you actually don't necessarily need to do it every day to have a really good picture of how this patient is doing. But those RPM codes require 16 days of data transfer in order to be reimbursable. And, you know, that's probably a little bit overkill for respiratory health, uh, at least with this being the data point. So it's one of these things that we're talking to folks and you want to make sure that uh, uh, you're setting a high bar as we were 
discussing, make sure the data is high quality, but the frequency and the, the patient impact is something that I'm not sure that the, the regulatory bodies have caught up to yet in terms of how we're doing reimbursement. But there's a lot of other ways that we can still provide value. And luckily, spirometry is a very well-known test. And there's versions of the traditional spirometry CPT codes that can be leveraged in a remote setting as well. So it's an exciting time to move into patient monitoring, but you definitely have to be paying attention to how the regulatory bodies are thinking about it and trying to stay ahead of those trends and uh, just being in constant contact with the experts on that. I know during COVID, they loosened a lot of the regulations on for billing on patient monitoring, and uh, that helped the telehealth industry catapult ahead. And hopefully that this will continue on after and that we can see you know telehealth becoming more of a forefront of patient care. So do you have anything else to tell our podcast audience about your company and looking for the future of the horizon of telehealth? Give your email address and so forth. You can definitely learn more about VitalFlow at our website, vitalflowhealth.com. One thing just to note is uh, VitalFlow does not have a W. Uh, it's one of the uh, one of the cute startup names. <laughs> so it's uh, F-L-O is how you spell the flow part. And my email is luke at vitalflowhealth.com. And would love to talk to anybody in your audience who's interested in expanding the circle for how we deliver spirometry and care to our respiratory patients. And especially if you are a, a primary care or a pediatric provider, what we've found is working with small clinics, uh, we can deliver a lot of value and help do spirometry in these settings that might may have been more challenging or required a referral previously. Trying to simplify the test and the burden on the provider to get through spirometry relatively efficiently while also producing high quality data, which can save both you and your patients the, the hassle of a referral. Any primary care providers listening would love to chat with you. We actually launched our first integrated delivery network or a hospital system recently. So we're starting to work with some of those bigger organizations as well. And uh, would be excited to chat with anybody who's interested in expanding their uh, spirometry footprint. Well, Luke, that sounds exciting. We really appreciate you being on our podcast today. Likewise, thanks so much for having me. You've reached the end of another episode of Exhale with Vitalograph. Connect with us at podbeam.com. Don't forget to rate and leave us a review. Thank you for listening, and we look forward to you joining us again on Exhale with Vitalograph.